Hey Atari Hackers, welcome to this week's episode. When we reduce the frequency of the podcast, we promised that we would spend more time researching it, giving you practical examples and doing something a little bit more in depth. And that's exactly what we did this week with Mark. For this week's episode, we found five examples of authority and affiliate sites that are doing quite well right now, that are not too big as well, and that all have something that you can learn from and replicate on your site. I expect some of these examples to challenge some of the conceptions that you have in your brain and, you know, make you think a little bit about how you're going to do things. And I think that is a good thing. So if you're excited for this episode, don't forget to subscribe and drop us a thumb up. It really helps us get more people reach our channel on YouTube. And let's get started with the episode. Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast. And now your hosts, Gail Breton and Mark Webster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Atari Hacker Podcast. I am finally back and you might see in the background, but I've actually redone my entire office. So the, the hexagons are slightly different, but actually my entire room is covered in hexagons this time. So the sound is like 0.1% better. That was totally not worth the time, but I absolutely did that. And I am back on the podcast now and I am back to ask Mark how it's going. So how is going, Mark? I think people missed it. So I, I'm doing good. How are you doing after carving up 150 hexagons and gluing them to your wall? It was 250, first of all. <laughs> and I didn't do any of it, actually. Uh, my fiance did everything. She's good at DIY projects. And I just can't use my hands, to be honest, unless I'm just using my mouse on it. It's just I'm useless other than that. So I didn't do any of that. But she did an amazing job, actually. She measured the exact same, you probably see in the back, but the exact same distance between all sides of the hexagons and stuff. Took us two days to get this done. I was still like helping her, but she was definitely the boss here. I wasn't the boss. Uh, but she did a really good job. So good job, Paulina. Thank you for doing this. And uh, hopefully the sound's going to be a little bit better in this room. It wasn't terrible, but I plan to use the other side of the room to do videos. And that's why we needed to do that. I'll have to uh, get her over to do mine as well. It's uh, it's looking yeah. a little bare at the moment. She actually offered to come to Scotland and uh, do it for you if you want. So, uh, <laughs> so if, right. you, if you buy her a ticket and just uh, like, uh, you know, buy her some food and stuff, I'm sure she'll be happy, you know. Anyway, let's jump into the podcast. And by the way, if anyone wants hexagons in the room, just drop us a comment and I'll, I'll send her there as well. So so she can do your, your rooms too, guys. We're opening a new service of like putting hexagons on the, on the room because a lot of people like them. Anyway, let's get started with the podcast. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about five sites that are low DR, but are either doing quite well or have something quite interesting for our audience to learn from. And, you know, we've done this kind of podcast before, but I wanted to kind of like make it a bit different and focus maybe on low DR sites. So, you know, when we share DR70 sites, people are like, ah, you know, it's like, um, it's kind of like far to reach that. It takes years to get to that level, etc. So while it's inspiring, it maybe feels far-fetched. Whereas with this one, uh, pretty much all the sites are below DR, we said 50 maximum, right? So, but some are quite a lot below that, right? It's like, well, I have one DR28, 38, etc. So you know, stuff that's reachable within a year and a half, maybe, if you do a good job at link building. And so, like, yeah, hopefully you can pick up something that you can execute quick and you see what's possible in the short to medium term, unlike maybe some of the bigger sites that a lot of people share. So that's what we wanted to do. And on that, we'll let you start with the first site, Mark, so we can jump right in. Okay, the first website is globalfishingreports.com. They are a DR12 website started in 2018 and at the moment Ahrefs is reporting that they have around 17.5k visits per month 
Although interestingly, they they were a bit higher than that in December, about twenty five k, and then it looks like they got spanked by the December the update. update. Yeah, but then they've rebounded in more recently, so not back to quite where they were, but seventeen point five five k. What's interesting as well, it looks like the domain that I put it in archive.org and it looks like it was active from about 2004 to 2008. Mm. So I'm thinking there's maybe like a drop domain or, or something here. And that yeah. was my initial thought, at least, because Global Fishing Reports, it sounds like it might be like a fishing news <laughs> website that's maybe did, yeah. been discontinued and someone's picked it up to use as an affiliate site. But actually, I think that's not maybe not necessarily the case. Um, because it looks like this guy has, they have a section on the site about fishing reports, which I think it's some kind of like, like a trip report for your fishing expedition or whatever. And he apparently has some maps and stuff on there, but it's, it's totally hidden or like in a, a sub menu of a sub menu at the back of the site. And you, you can't really see that anymore. So while maybe they started doing that, it looks like they've started transitioning more towards affiliate content and, and monetizing. I, I believe it's a drop domain. I actually, like I'm checking this out now, this post-fishing report. It's just like one page with very little content. And then there's nothing. No, this is like a guy. So he it's just a, his way to justify the name, I think. <laughs> and be like, well, we still have that section. Maybe these pages, these URLs existed on the previous version of the site and they wanted to maintain it. Maybe they have links, etc. So That's probably, probably a good, uh, good shout 100%. It's a drop domain. <laughs> But good job, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, what's what's interesting is they actually rank for some like semi-competitive terms, at least in the in the fishing space. Best fishing sunglasses, best fillet knife, best bass net. I was having a look at some of their content, and it's actually pretty good. For, I mean, for a DR12 site, it's some of the best content I've seen at that kind of level. It's definitely not perfect, and there's there's a lot of room to improve. But this guy has actually like he does this. He's a He's a fisherman. He has photos of himself, like on his uh, personal right, locator yeah. beacon, best personal locator beacons, beacons piece of commercial content. He has a photo of him wearing one, and he has a video on his YouTube channel. It's his YouTube channel that he's embedded in here, which shows him using it and holding it. And he actually goes into a store where they have other. PLBs, and then he's like, "Look at the size difference between these two. This is my one. This is the one in the store, and and all that." So he's thinking outside the box here. You know, not necessarily needing to like buy all these expensive product to do that review, but there's like a 20 minute video of him in the in the store doing that, which I think adds a ton of value. There's also quite a lot of info content on the the site. For example, 17 types of saltwater bait fish, and it looks like all of the images there are photos he's taken of the fish and there's like photo videos of him fishing and like casting nets and like out on his boat and, and all sorts of stuff so i'm not into fishing at all but if i was i would probably look at this guy's site for advice because i trust the guy already just by kind of observing what i've observed him doing which i think is a really sends a really strong strong signal and it's, it's a good way to to think about content in terms of links this is where it gets really interesting so he has a ton of really high dr links he has dr 90 link from fox news dr 90 links from the new york post dr 90 link from news.com.au and this all centered around a, a fishing expedition, like scuba diving expedition, I think it was, where he saw a great white shark 
great white shark from his boat and like rescued some scuba divers or something like that. And this one story got picked up by like the world news. And he got so much DR, so much authority, so many big, big links from that. And that's like really helped the, 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 the site out undoubtedly. On the other end of the spectrum for links, I also noticed that he's doing forum links. So he's actually making posts on fishing forums, on outdoor forums, answering people's questions and linking back to his 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 content. And his normally, yeah. in the vast majority of times, I would say forum link building in 2021, hell no, don't even consider it. But to be honest, I think this guy's doing it right. It's not it's not really a scalable tactic that he's doing, but the the few occasions when he's he's doing it, and I know it's it's him because he uses the same username on on all the the different sites. The few times when he's doing it, it's actually adding some value in the post as well as linking to his site. Now, a lot of forums are not going to let you get away with that kind of stuff. But if you're doing it in such a way where you're adding value in your post and maybe you're a more established user, then it can work. How much value this, this adds for, for SEO, I'm not sure, but I did notice quite a, quite a lot of it going on. In terms of monetization, it's pure Amazon. And I think that's maybe a missed opportunity. I did notice quite a few of the products on Amazon were out of stock as well. So he should use one of these tools which identifies out-of-stock products and you know will allow him to, to tweak that in his, uh, his roundup reviews or find different versions of it or whatever. We've been using a tool called Affiliate uh, recently on one of our sites, testing it out, and it's had some promising results so far. So you know there, there are various other tools that do the same thing, but I think that would be good opportunity as well as just finding some non-Amazon uh, Amazon affiliate programs to make a make a little bit more money from that because we all know Amazon commissions are you know a bit a little bit so so but it's meh these days yeah but and that, yeah. that's something you notice about a lot of low DR affiliate sites is that their monetization isn't super well optimized and that's okay because I think when you're at that stage when you're just trying to grow Focus on content and links, and then you know the optimizing your monetization by ten percent here, fifteen percent here, or something. You can do that stuff later, where when it's going to make more of a difference. But you know, overall, I really like the site. I think this is going to go far, and it would be good to check in on this and a couple of years time and 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 see how much it's grown. Yeah, I was gonna say I would bet that this site is at like a hundred k traffic in like a year or two if they keep posting. Uh, like they need to keep posting, but if they do, and it's one of these things where it's one. These guys probably not gonna do like conventional link building. He's not gonna do like a good scaled guest posting campaign, etc. It's one of these things where your ex- the true expertise in your niche trumps tactics and trumps technicality. Like the site is very simple. There's not much to it. It's like you could just build this on like a default generate press, et cetera. But the reason it's cool is because of all his photos, because it's like the real life stuff and the content, not really what's around. The branding is kind of shit. Uh, the colors are terrible. Global Fishing Reports is a bad name, but still it's a good site. And I think that especially if this guy is not an SEO guy, buying an expired domain was a really good idea because probably he got a li- like some of the links that got him like results a little bit faster. And and he could focus on creating content and that kind of paid up. So I, I do believe it's a drop domain. And I believe this guy probably read about, you know, building sites like maybe check our podcast or Spencer or someone like that. And was like, oh, I can do that around my passion and just made a site and really made something cool. And he doesn't have to be that good link building. When you leave your niche, when you leave this kind of story with the great white shark, etc., like 
eventually, if, if you create the content that is newsworthy, etc., if you're like this guy that's like on Instagram posting photos, reporting on things that happen on the field, etc., eventually something's going to happen and you're going to get links as well. And that can trump creating link building campaigns, etc. And that will get you links that you would not get through outreach and all of that. So and lets you punch above your weight when it comes to sort of competing against higher DR sites. I'm just looking at one of the roundup reviews on cast nets. And in one of the examples, it's like, well, here's a video of me using this net on, on YouTube, like catching some fish with it. And it's like, you can't really get much better than that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like a, I, I didn't check. I would love to check his content on Surfer, but my guess is it wouldn't be that scoring that well on like tools like Surfer, et cetera, as well. Like he's probably not that kind of like gay, but it's still like it's still you don't know how it works, but it works. And I've seen that many times where like people who have true expertise and are able to put quite good content together, regardless of whether the cures are in the, in the content, et cetera, end up doing quite well. And usually these kind of sites enjoy a lot more stability than people that rely more on tactics than that. And that's why I, I always tell the people to get into the niche. And I know a lot of people listen to this podcast, but I know not a lot of people listen to this advice. <laughs> because when I talk to people, it's always like, it's always these tactics, etc. And I, I really recommend people actually get like, get into their niches, leave their niches, etc. Like it's pretty frequent that we get into something and I end up like buying stuff and experiencing in real life stuff. Doesn't mean I'm like an expert in the end or something, but like I can hang out and chat and like, talk with writers about it and and all that stuff. Even like the current test site, like now I know like uh, it's pretty technical in some aspects. And I know quite a bit because we started that site and I started reading about it and I started reading about how the products are made and so on. And you should do that and eventually like hopefully you get close to what these guys did. And you can see that even that, though that guy is not following anything that you're hearing on blogs, on podcasts, etc. I mean, some of it, I think he's doing still like decent um, call to actions on his uh, round of reviews and so on. He's still going to do well. And he's going to be the guy that is not hit by updates as hard as people who... Although he was hit by an update in December. Yeah, but like not as hard. And he's like recovering already. I mean, that was like, that, that was three quarters of his traffic was wiped out. By oh, really? Okay, yeah. <laughs> well, I take it back then. Here's another another bullshit motivational speech. Here we go. He went from uh, 25k oh, yeah, okay. visitors to I 2k, so that was 90% of his traffic. Yeah, but he recovered a lot yeah. of it. Do you think like, I Google got that one wrong? Yeah, it's like it's typical. Like if you read a lot of like uh, SEO groups as well, they, a lot of people believe that we got some partial reversal of some of these December updates, etc. Like a lot of people say, "Oh, I lost my traffic in December, it came back, etc." That graph looks like exactly that, to be honest. And and it's looking like Google is trying to refine these things and and make it better and so on. So, yeah, on this one, I blame Google. Yeah, <laughs> I don't blame this guy. All right. But I mean, we know we know for a fact that you can get hit by core updates even if you have a really good site. So I think that's a proof of that. Anyway, let's jump onto the next onto the next site. So first of all, I kind of laughed when I saw this domain name because the domain name is Bike Exchange. It reminded me. I don't know if if people haven't seen that, they should check it out. It's like the funniest domain names ever. I don't know if you've ever seen that blog post. I'm sure. I think we shared it at the time of the agency or something. So for example, there's the domain like therapist.com, but actually when you read it, it says the rapist.com. <laughs> and stuff like that. But there was one of these in that famous list that's uh, Kids Exchange. But actually, if you read it, it's Kids Sex Change, you know, so oh, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and so. And so I thought that it was the same and they made the same mistake. So that's, I just laughed at the beginning. But the that mind wasn't sees the case. what the mind wants to see, girl. <laughs> well, I just, I know this post. It's like that post made me laugh a lot when I saw it. So it's like, I just like 
you know, whatever. It triggered the same thing, pretty much. When I saw that in the domain, I was like, what the hell? Anyway, this domain is interesting, not because of its domain name, but because actually this is a site that was started. And if you read on the homepage, it, they kind of advertise it heavily in 1996. But if you check it in Ahrefs, the traffic was flat at like 40 for all that time. There was no traffic to that site. And if you put it in archive.org, it was really like a website from a passionate guy about bicycles but he you know he would have like a banner saying like support your local bike shop he wouldn't make any money it was just like a a blog or something there was like a donation button you get the idea but the site changed hand in 2018 and became a review site <laughs> so here we go that is a bit of the same story as uh, yoga and in this case it's for sure it changed hand for sure it's not the same thing etc and they've been exploding in traffic since then right it's changed hand in 2018 and now they get 212,000 organic traffic according to hrefs per month which is a lot however if you look at their top pages you will see that one of the pages gets 50,000 traffic so like 25 percent of that and it's just like a chart on like the bike size like which size of bike you should buy etc so they, they probably don't make much money from that page but still if you add up after that, it's a bunch of roundup reviews and they make quite good money from that. And the one thing that was interesting to me for this site is it completely flew through all the core updates. Like if you look at the graph in HF, it's just like shooting up since they started. And, you know, it's been like two and a half years or something that we are going through regular core updates. And most sites at this point were kind of like somewhat affected by one of them, even if they recovered, even if it kept going higher. Usually you see weird graphs if you look at the last two, three years for most sites. This one, not so much, actually, which was uh, quite interesting. And what interesting thing to me about this site and about it not being affected by core updates is the fact that this site is pretty much 95% commercial content. And so that gave me a good opportunity to rise that up because when you read SEO groups, etc., people are going to be like, ah, oh, but uh, you need to create some info content. You have too much commercial content on your site. Google doesn't like it, etc. I keep, you know, I keep, sh I'm shaking my head, but I'm shaking my head even when I'm reading the Facebook groups, you know, it's like, I, I it's, I'm like, that's not the truth because, you know, a site like Amazon is a hundred percent money content, right? It's like every page on Amazon is trying to sell you shit. And so, and, it, and it's kind of the same here. It shows you an example of an affiliate site that did not really try very hard to have a lot of info content and it's doing just fine through all these core updates. So. That was a point I wanted to make. Anything, anything to say on that point before I jump on the rest of the site? No, I actually have an example later on which uh, kind of goes further into this. So I'll, I'll talk about it then. Okay, cool. But, but uh, yeah, so like it gives you a real life example of a site that is not applying this like, oh, I'm going to create more info content so that I can be in Google's good grace for the core updates. Not how it works. It's just like an affiliate belief. And the thing is, like, because some people recover from doing that, because, you know, obviously Google is tweaking stuff, like this phishing site, right? This phishing site probably didn't change its strategy and just jumped back up. And people did some info content. They're like, oh, look, I, I did some info content that I recovered. And people are like, oh, so I need to add info content. It's definitely working. And people are just doing that. Anyway, going back to this site, and if you check the content, the commercial content, it's not very good, to be honest. They have quite weird page layouts. The, CTS, they're actually hard to find. Like they don't have buttons, they have like tiny links sometimes, which is kind of shocking for a site that gets 200K plus traffic per month. Uh, I think it's a massive missed opportunity to be honest. I think it's like, give me that site for a week and I'll probably triple its revenue quite easily. So that's that's a little, a, a little uh, disconcerting. One thing that I found when I looked at the way the site was built that was interesting as well is the menu structure. So if you go on the content page, and you click on the menu, which is like a hamburger menu on the right, you will see that 
they link to pretty much all their content in the menu. You can reach most pages through that. So it's like there is a lot of debates of like the value of a link depending on where it is on the page. So if it's in the navigation, it counts maybe less than if it's inside the content, etc. But you can't argue from the fact that there is a link on the page that Google can follow. And it's all, I was going to say essentially, but I'm really working hard on not saying essentially. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Google is seeing all these pages. And so the internal linking is, is pretty heavy on the side that is pretty tight in its focus. So it's quite interesting. I think that may be something to look at in terms of uh, why they're ranking so high, actually. They do have quite a few links from uh, the old site, so because the site was live from 1996. So like I have like this metaefficient.com link, which is like someone linking to the books section of the old site that doesn't exist anymore. So they do have a lot of like, you know, small biking blogs that link to that old site, the site that was not a review site. And, uh, and they got quite a bit of links from that. They do some guest posting. And it, to be honest, like some of the links I looked at, so like this uh, skipic.net link that I found, it looked pretty weird. The link was hidden and it was out of context. So to me, there's some paid linking here. Like I, I believe there's not a lot. There's a lot of shit links, to be honest, to that site as well. So it's not so nice. It's okay. And I think that the old domain helped a lot and the old links helped a lot, but some of the new links are like questionable. In terms of monetization, it's quite interesting. I didn't really find much Amazon there which is surprising, but they, they link to a lot of like individual affiliate programs through AventLink, which is an affiliate network. But my problem with this is that when I clicked on the affiliate links, AventLink put a pop-up before they sent me to the advertiser's website saying, hey, we're going to track you through AventLink and our technology to attribute sales, etc. People could, I think people could opt off or something. Like, I mean, basically you had like a one page before you'd reach the advertiser. So I don't believe they actually make that much money through these at least, because I think it would deter a lot of people. People are going to close it. They're going to think it's malware or something, you know, like when you get these like um, pop unders and stuff. And it's, it's a bit terrible. I understand that affiliate networks would try to like be more clear that they are the affiliate networks and try to put some disclaimer. I'm not sure it's the way to do this. <laughs> Maybe an overlay on like a, a tiny pop-up on the final page with the sales page or something, like instead of the cookie disclaimer, put some kind of like affiliate disclaimer, people click that'd be better. But overall, I was not super impressed with that. So overall that site, it's kind of like a, I was gonna say, it's kind of a mindfuck, but now I'm saying it because they're getting a lot of traffic they have an old domain that's really valuable, but the site layout looks weird. The content is meh. The call to actions are pretty terrible. The link building is is average. And the, I think the, the thoughts, I mean, to be honest, I don't have their stats. Maybe they're making a lot of money with event link. But from my experience on clicking on the links, I would say probably not. But I might be wrong. Again, I'm just uh, it's, it's just my guess because usually when you add a step, you lose a lot of people. Yeah, so I think it's like it, it's a site that would, if someone had the money, that would deserve to be bought and revamped, like rebranded and everything. And I think there's a massive opportunity. So if someone is interested, just email that guy because uh, there's a lot of traffic and it's an issue where people buy expensive items pretty much. So that's pretty much it for this site. Any comments on it? No, but apparently there is a global shortage of uh, bikes at the moment. I'm not sure oh, if it's really? due to coronavirus or something, but uh, one of my people, friends yeah. has a... A, a biking site and yeah there's massive problems with supply so maybe that's why they're like switching affiliate programs to mm. less optimal ones or something fair enough it's just like the experience is pretty terrible i would also say like the vertical spacing and a lot of the articles yeah it's weird, some right? of the elements is just it just doesn't look right it's like it's like i've done it or something you know <laughs> yes 
<laughs> but that's the thing. When you get to that level of traffic, that's when you're like, okay, let's make things proper, you know? And they really need to go through They may be doing it right now. Maybe they're working on a staging site and they're releasing it, you know, between the time when we record and the time we release the podcast. I hope not, but... It's a subtle thing, but it's it just like lowers your level of trust by a bit yeah. as, you're, as you're scanning through it. Yeah, it's like uh, there's a stark contrast between this site and the previous phishing site because it's like the previous phishing site was like not doing anything special, extraordinary in terms of branding, etc. But nothing was wrong, you know, it was a very basic site. And whereas here, it's like, it just feels off, you know, it feels like it's not balanced, the design, etc. And it's the call to actions are terrible, etc. So I think comparing these two sites, it shows you how to do a simple site right and how to do a simple site wrong. And and uh, that being said, easy, I know? mean, they're what, what was it like DR... 28 and they have 212k traffic so maybe we shouldn't yeah. be too harsh on them for that you know no i mean obviously the traffic is really good right it's like i've highlighted that and it's that's why it's like it feels like a missed opportunity because they should be making bank right now and i'm not 100 percent sure they do because of that you know because of the choice of fa programs and because of the way the content is laid out and and call to actions etc so clicks rate might be low trust rate might be low as well, like people not trusting the content and that might cost them a lot of sales. So yeah, I think uh, I think these guys could potentially make a lot more money. And it show, but it happens, right? Sometimes you're working on the site, you're kind of like, it's kind of a side project and nothing happens in terms of traffic and boom, it just explodes. And by the time you figure stuff out, it could take like a couple months. And during that time, you kind of like with a, a pretty terrible site with a lot of traffic. We have been in that situation and, and it happens. So it's like not blaming them, just I say, if they have the opportunity, I would revamp that site quite a lot. Do you want to take the next one? Yeah. The next site is thesegoldwings.com. It's a DR38 site that's actually been around for quite a while. Looks like it was a personal blog of a flight attendant for a number of years. And I don't know whether you know COVID uh, had, had maybe stopped him from flying or something, but he has grown a lot. It was like 10x the site in the last uh, year. So it's got it's gone from 1k a month to 11k. But what's really interesting is they the types of keywords they're ranking for. It's like best sunglasses for pilots, a dog <laughs> crate, toddler rolling suitcase. So a lot of like luggage, travel accessories, aviation type things. The content on there, first of all, there is a lot of info content from, I yeah. think, the days when it was more of just, a, hey, I want to write a blog for fun. It looks like the commercial stuff has come more recently, at least. And, and some of the info content is actually really, really good because this this guy is a flight attendant and he knows you know, how to get a job, how they get paid, how it all works, and, and those, those kinds of things. I would say that some of the newer commercial content, which is the stuff that's ranking, it, the quality is not so great, though. I get the impression that he said, OK, I need to make some money, more money out of my blog. How do I do it? I've looked at some some guides for how to do it. I've tried to imitate what some other sites are doing and, and just not quite hit the nail on the head with, with some of the things. So, for example, I think it adds quite a lot of credibility if you're talking about luggage as someone who travels probably every other day and you know deals with luggage a lot, you have a lot of credibility. But he doesn't write as himself. He, he talks about we and kind of writes as the brand rather than him as the individual. And doesn't really show himself, uh, at least on most of the posts, as like, hey, I travel a lot, I use a lot of suitcases, here's why you should trust me kind of thing. I think something like that would add a lot of credibility to the the content. Other than that, it's it's okay. Like it's not terrible. It's not amazing, but it seems to be seems to be working. And I know 
particularly in luggage, that's like quite a popular, quite a good niche for for monetizing because the price points of a lot of the items are often in the the hundreds of dollars. So I know that can that can sometimes be quite quite competitive. In terms of links, it's another really interesting one. So they have links from Yahoo, from the New York Post, the Telegraph, Metro, Fox, like a bunch of like really, really big sites. And it all came from one YouTube video posted in 2013 uh, on this guy's YouTube channel. Just for context, he has 397 subscribers, but this one video has 484,000 views. Yeah. So it's a video of a flight attendant pouring Diet Coke on a plane and like, there's two different ways for it and it gets really fizzy and so it it's not like remarkable in any way but it seems like looking from all this press it seems like over the years and this wasn't just one wave this is caught like constantly from like 2017 the telegraph picked this up and it's like why why flight attendants hate when you order diet coke and they have this this video and then even as as recently as the end of last year a different website picked it up i think it was that was the uh the yahoo one Yahoo Life picked it up almost like separately. So I'm not sure. I don't think they found it through the, the Telegraph and are repeating the story, but they've come up with it by themselves. So whatever they're doing, um, this guy did, he just found something that, that really worked, that the press kind of liked. And he's almost getting these links naturally, although he's been very clever about it because it was on YouTube, right? On his YouTube channel. And I would imagine these companies would say, hey, can we use YouTube, this video yeah. link to your YouTube? But he has made them link to his website in every single mm. instance that I've, I, I saw at least, which is great because it helps a lot for, for SEO. And what he actually did is for the Telegraph, when they wrote that, I can tell that he's written an article for them to link to at the time because the Telegraph have linked to this one. And on that article, he's saying, oh, this was featured in the Telegraph. So it's kind of like a chicken and egg type situation with like where where would the content have, have been first but it works and he's gotten the links from it which is great monetization nothing special it's all amazon i think i saw some things about like how to get a flight attendant job linked somewhere but that wasn't particularly prominent and i think most of the commercial content is is amazon focused it's cookie cutter amazon stuff right nothing spectacular here but I just thought this was an interesting case because it shows you someone who's in the process of taking personal for fun blog and turning it into into a business. I'm, of course, they've still got some way to go with it, but this is this is kind of at the start of the process, and they've been able to, I think, really successfully capitalize on some some lucky press that they they got early on. Yeah, I think it's kind of uh, highlighting the power of YouTube as well. It's like I think it's a lot easier to get your YouTube video picked up than it is to get a blog post picked up. And you you can really just put your YouTube video URL in Ahrefs and then see who's linking to it and who's embedding it, etc. And you can just reach out to these people and make them link to your page. So for example, on the Hacker, we kind of, you know, we make blog posts for YouTube videos as well, right? So that the plan is so that if people are using the YouTube video, we can ask them for a link to our site and it's kind of a link that's relevant. But there's often like more examples and so on. And actually, I was checking the click rate data as well. It's really quite good actually. Like, So I did the site architecture video for the blog post as well. And it got as many clicks from YouTube almost as we got from search during the same time period actually. So it gives you an idea of like how big that can be 
probably your YouTube video does okay. And it's, yeah, it's very likely your YouTube video could be picked up. It could, you know, it has these viral mechanics around the YouTube platform, et cetera, that your blog doesn't have. And so it is a quite interesting strategy to consider YouTube as a bait for links and then just reach out to people who link to your YouTube video and ask them to link to your site, provided you have a page that makes sense for people. So uh, I wanted to highlight that because it's something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and using social media for link building is something that is probably going to be quite usual in the future more and more, I would say. All right, so let's jump on to the next one. And uh, I really liked this one as well. This one is a, is a cool one, is a good one. As much as I, I was not so impressed with the bicycle site, I was very impressed with this one. And this site is a basketball site called the Hoops Geek, where he's a really smart affiliate. Like the site, again, it's simple, but trustworthy. There is real life pictures, but it's also mixed with stock images, etc. So it's kind of like a mix. And, and I think that's what most people would be finding themselves in, in what situation they'd be if they created content. So you'll see a mix of everything. But I like the site. First of all, when you go on the homepage, you're like, okay, it's simple, it's clean, it's usable, etc. They are ADR statistics site, so quite reachable for most people. And they have 114,000 traffic. And they started at the end of 2018. So we're really not looking at that much time here. That's, that's the point of this podcast, right? If you check in Ahrefs, they say that they have 450 pages that get traffic. A lot of these pages are... The top pages are around the previews, by the way. So a lot of like reviewing basketball hoops and a lot of reviewing shoes as well, because basket is, basketball is very much reliant on shoes, etc. So they have a lot of them. And actually, there is uh, something that I really liked in them in their roundup reviews. It's the um, they have kind of like a multi seller thing. So on top of the article, you have the roundup preview. You have the table with all the products. And then let's say that, for example, they sell in Under Armour, I don't know, Amazon, eBay, etc. Then they, they put a button, buy from six vendors or something, and you will click, and it's going to open a pop-up for that one pair of shoe, and it's going to show you a link to each vendor. So you get to choose the vendor, and you click on the affiliate link that matches, basically. And it's a really cool layout because it allows you to link to multiple vendors that might sell the same thing. So if people like to buy on Amazon, they buy on Amazon. If people want to buy on another site, they can do that on eBay or something, they can do that. And it doesn't clutter the UX. Like, it looks really simple, and, and it's great. I'm actually probably going to do a tutorial on how to do that in Atari Hacker Pro, actually. It's one of these like, gross hacks videos I want to do. I tend to do this kind of thing, so I will probably create a video if you're an H Pro in the next few weeks to show you how to do that because it's quite easy using Elementor and other tools. But anyway, really, really cool layout, really well put together content, but at the same time still using you know stock photos, etc. So quite realistic for you guys to do the same, even if you're not as much in the niche. Very well monetized. But one thing that impressed me the most was the quality of the link building he was doing. He's, I don't think he does guest posting or much outreach, but he does. He did some really cool uh, skyscraper content. And the one I'm thinking about is this average NBA height of players. Like he just made a bunch of stats, you know, over the years, et cetera. He took like how much they weight and how tall they are, et cetera. And there's the graphs and so on. It's really cool. Like he put a lot of math together. Uh, there's like a calculator, like an NBA comparison calculator in the post. So you can compare your height to like the average at the time. So you can see where you place and so on. And these posts got a ton of links, including links from like Wikipedia, etc. Like, um, like it, it is a resource for newspapers. It is a resource for encyclopedias, etc. So the quality of his 
Carrot Creeper content is really, really, really good. And I think that did really well. And the second thing he did, and Mark, you're going to be happy, he did custom tools and they got links. So that is cool because why I was happy about this is that he did custom tools in a niche that's not like marketing, etc. which like, you know, it's easy when you're like, in marketing or like if you're Neil Patel to do this, like, you know, you will suggest keyword, keyword uh, volume, et cetera. But like, this is like basketball. This is not, this is not something where you'd be like, oh, you need an online tool to play basketball. But he did several, actually, one of them being, and his most popular one being his dunk calculator, where you essentially put your height, you know, how much you can reach when you lift your arms, etc., And then they tell you how high you need to learn to jump so that you can dunk based on the height of the, of the hoop on basketball, basically. And it's really smart because within that niche, there's a sub-niche that is really popular, which is how to jump higher. It's a big affiliate niche. How to jump higher is a big niche, actually. It, it used to be some big procs on ClickBank, etc. So he built this calculator, and then he promotes the affiliate offer of the result of that calculator of like, hey, now to learn to jump to this height, you know, check out this ebook, and then he just like sends people to a high-paying affiliate offer, and he probably makes some decent money here. But again, it's very well executed. There's like graphs based on like the height, etc. And he has other tools as well. He has like vertical jump analyzer. He has like standing risk calculator, the comparison NBA thing that I was talking about, etc. So he did the tool, the tools quite well. They don't all have like a ton of links. You know, some of them have like ten links or something. It's not. A ton, but they're all very clean links. And that's all he does for link building. He doesn't have that many links to the site. So overall, I was looking for like really, you know, I, lo I like to dig for like dodgy stuff when I look into these sites. So I'm like, okay, well, what's the shit? You know, like just, just dig around and just find find what they're, where they're cutting corners. And this guy is probably the guy I've seen cut the least corners in a while. And I really like it. And I think the balance between monetization and like experience on the website is really, really good. It's very heavily monetized, but it doesn't feel like it's just jumping in your face and attacking you with call to actions all the time. So I recommend to use this site as an inspiration to create sites, uh, especially because this guy is not even as much into the niche as an expert as like the fishing guy, for example, etc. So it's something that a lot of people can emulate. And I think this guy is actually really smart. So I don't know what you think about this it's site. But, really, uh, I think it's really site. impressive. DR36, 114K estimated traffic yeah. in what, three years? Two years? Yeah, two years. That's really good. Yeah, end of 2018. So yeah, and the site feels nice, you know, it's really nice to use, etc. Like, I like it. It's, I would be very proud to have a site like that. So yeah, congratulations to this guy. And he's still using stock photos and all these things. He's not even, uh, he's not even just taking photos himself and so on. So it shows you can create a great site even without these things, you know? Cool. All right, let's move on to the last one, which is sustainpunch.com. It's a DR15 website that has 15k traffic which interestingly is down in the last month it was 30k before the april review update so this is one of those sites that seems to have lost about half its traffic to that that update i do know that the site was active in the early 2000s looks like it was some kind of e-commerce or perhaps drop shipping store for musical instruments and then it seemed to go a bit quiet. So I'm, I'm thinking it's a drop domain. The person, there is a real person behind the site, or at least I thought there was until I reverse image searched the image and found that it was a stock <laughs> image. Um, while appearing on a bunch of different, different websites. So that 
doesn't appear to be uh, a real person and no social profiles or anything. Do you think one day we'll find a site with our photos, like where it's like someone's pretending to be us as the as the person or something? I mean, with with the advent of this person does not exist.com, I, I don't think there's any need to do that, to be honest. Oh, someone's going to do it to troll us, <laughs> but yeah. So it's a stock, stock image. And already I was sort of building up this picture of the, the site based on that. It's like, it's not that great. But on the other hand, I think it looks like it's not amazing design, but it's like it's decent. You know, the the colors are, are nice. The logo's very good, I think. Simple, but it works. So at first, I thought they had just all commercial content because that's all I could find in the menu in the, in the, in the navigation. It's nice that they have very clear silos, and the navigation menu includes links to basically every Roundup review that they they have. But it's organized nicely. The content, as I said, mostly commercial at that point. It's very sort of affiliate-y. By that, I mean it looks not too dissimilar to your standard affiliate affiliate article. There's a lot of information being regurgitated from the product page, so like features, like stats and and, and stuff about each each product. And the actual advice and sort of critical sense that's being applied to, to say which one you should get, which of these products you should get is somewhat limited. And you don't read the roundup review and with a clear idea of like which one's the best. It's more it feels more just like a a list of products and talking about each of them. And I think that's perhaps costing them in some way, um, specifically relating to traffic drop. So content's thin, somewhat little, little added value. But when we look at links, it gets really interesting. I've only been able to find one info article on their site. It's this Whammy Bars page. And they have links from Wikipedia, from Yahoo, from a bunch of like music websites and music blogs where they all link back to this, this one resource. And to be fair, that, that resource looks pretty decent. So they've, they've, I mean, they've clearly done a, done a good job there. They've also, though, I, I'm seeing some blog comments from 2017, which is a little bit late in my mind to be doing blog comments. And these are not smart blog comments. These are the, the usual, let's stuff a deep URL as the anchored, as the uh, as, as the URL. And I think it's semi-manual, like it, it doesn't look like totally mm. illegible. But either way, they've been doing that. Now, I don't think for a second that those those blog comments are helping them rank in any way. I'm, I'm sure it's mostly the the high DR sites they've they've uh, been getting getting links from that's just driving a lot of that. They're entirely monetized by Amazon. It's nice that they have the geo redirect. So I'm in the UK and uh, that redirects me to the Amazon UK pages. So they've they've obviously set that up, which is good to get an extra 10, 15% income from Amazon. And they've also got decent-ish product tables. So I think it looks like they're using AAWP, though I could mm-hmm. be wrong there. It's, again, nothing too flashy, very, very simple, but it it, it does the job and, and looks looks fairly decent. I wanted to talk about this site specifically because when I looked at it, it was like, well, this is a site that is 99% commercial content and has lost half of its traffic in the last update. So is there something to the <gasps> the rumor that the ratio of commercial content to info content is causing this? And first of all, we don't know for sure. It may well be. My view, uh, my opinion is that it's not that. And it's the fact that if you look at the commercial content, it's just really, really thin and isn't adding any value in addition to what's on the Amazon product page. They even say in some of their reviews, like, oh, if you, if you want to learn more, go read the reviews on Amazon. 
So it looks like when yeah. the way they phrase it, it's they're kind of giving away that that's all they've done to research the product, which you know it's not necessarily bad on on its own to to do that to kind of like summarize things and and that, but that's just one indicator of of many factors of 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 lack of uh, quality. I think that's missing here. So I mean, overall, my my verdict of this site is that it's a relatively nice looking site actually but it's falling victim to the classic affiliate site trap which is just meh content you know it's it's not bad yeah. like it's a native english it's unique it's it's talking about these these products but it's just missing some love really you know i mean my takeaway from like looking at all these sites and the sites that you know really do quality content is um, the site that really leave their niches essentially and the sites that don't is that even though you don't get caught in the current update. It's like people are going to have to level up their content. Like eventually there'll be guys like this fishing guy or this uh, who like the hoops geek guy, etc. that will come and make a really, really good site in your niche. And they will take the traffic. And Google is working to reward these sites eventually. So it's like, it's one of these things where it's like, we need to identify the direction change, even though it's not fully materialized yet. And as people who create websites, we need to just find ways to level up what we're doing and not just doing cookie cutter content and, you know, same old, same old, hire these, these shitty freelance writers that don't really know the niche and write content and just copy paste it in there, which I think this is what this site has really like. It's not very good content. It's like, it, it's like writing bullet point as much as possible. And if I, you know, some stuff that sounds fancy when I read random reviews, but then I click on the product page on Amazon is the same stuff, you know, so it's just we, we got, like, it, it sounds fancy if you know nothing, but actually if you if you check, it's just really a rewritten version of the product description. And so, yeah, eventually there will be guy, there will be more and more people who really understand the niche, that will come in your niche, create really good sites. It's going to take a while, obviously, if, like uh, there's a lot of sites created, but there's not a lot of good sites created. And Google is working harder and harder to reward these sites. So I think my takeaway from all this stuff and from looking at sites, from looking at updates, etc., is that we need to figure out how to create content that matches what these guys are doing if we want to keep doing what we're doing long term. And and just like that's that's pretty much the takeaway, even if it's not necessary today. You know, when we like when we pick up the next site we'll do, which I think is going to be like sometime towards the end of the summer, that is something that I want to push really hard is like, how do we really make this like super high quality, even if we like further than what we need to do? It's not just about matching the competitors. It's about putting a barrier between us and them. You know, I think it's the mindset a lot of people need to pick up because in the end, it's hard to explain exactly what these core algorithms do, but we know what they want, you know? And, and so obviously you should, you know, it's like I'm the guy that usually likes tactics and likes thinking about like, how does it work technically, et cetera. But you also have to accept that there's a degree of like vision that you need to have for your site and deciding like where you want to take things and overall trying to get a read of where the industry is going because you can't 100% know what Google is doing behind the scenes. And it's something that you just need to accept. You just will not know, but they tell you what they want. And so for the parts that you can't understand, then it's better to head towards what is the vision and then for the parts where you can break it down technically, then you can refine that strategy by changing the tactics you're using based on what you understand works technically. So that's kind of my takeaway from all of this. I don't know what you think, but... I mean, on the one hand, it, it kind of feels like we're just going back to the default Rand Fishkin answer of, oh, just create oh, great, con- great content. And in a way, that's kind of true. I, I, that's I'd- exactly what it is, yeah. So it's interesting, like you have the, the fishing guy who is like a topic expert that's maybe not such a good marketer. 
And then you have the really good marketer with the the Hoops website who is yeah, he's good. Decent, yeah. but like not a uh, amazing, not amazing topic expert at the same level as the, the yeah. fishing guy was in, in his niche. So it's kind of like you need to have a bit of both sets of skills in order to, to yeah. do well, or just go really far on like one one set of skills. But I feel I feel like if you go too far on the affiliate marketing skills and the design and, and all that, you can neglect content quality to a point where you just sort of stagnate it or, or you, make yeah. little progress. Yeah. You need a bit of everything. Like you need a balance and it's like people tend to keep pushing what they're good at and ignore what they're not good at, you know? And it's like, you know, you need to kind of like address it. I think this uh, Hoops Geek guy is a really well-balanced guy. He's quite balanced between content quality, monetization, like branding, design, and just the quality of his marketing as well. He's not doing any dirty link building or not so much, or maybe I haven't found it. Like it's, if you guys find it, just let me know in the comments on YouTube. I'd be interested. But overall, I think it's like, that's the balance that I think is a good direction for people to look at because... You know, he didn't go and take photos of the products in real life. He didn't even have to do it. Like, he's not even on that level, you know? He's just, like, creating quite good content, and he's marketing it quite well, and he gives a quite good experience. Not Like, things are, nothing's 10 out of 10, but everything's, like, a 7 out of 10 minimum. And I think he's kind of hitting the minimum threshold for all these things, and that would be a good reason why he says doing well. And I would very much respect he's the one making the most money out of everyone in that list, actually even more than this bicycle site that has more than double the traffic. So that's pretty much uh, the final word. So I, I just want to... Part, okay, go ahead, go ahead. I just want to finish off by saying that, um, you know, thanks to these people, we don't know them, we don't know who's behind any, any of these sites. If it's you and you're watching this and we've just torn your site apart, you know, I apologize. It's not nothing, nothing personal. We're just trying to be objective so we can we can all learn from things. We make a ton of these kind of mistakes as as well on, on our sites. And I'm sure everyone or a lot of people watching have, have done as well. So yeah. Yeah. One other thing that we're trying to do is get a bunch of thumbs up on YouTube. So if you can please help us and drop some thumbs up and subscribe, that'd be really nice. And you can drop us a comment if you have a question. Uh, we also have the premiere every two weeks on YouTube. Uh, if you want to go come and hang out, you can subscribe to this podcast on every audio platform as well if you want to check it out. And if you want more content from us, you can go on AutoyHackerTraining.com. We have a free training that where we show you exactly how we build sites and you can compare it to these sites. It is a little bit different sometimes. There's a lot of stuff that's quite similar. Uh, so go check it out if you haven't checked it out. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you in two weeks. Bye.